just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. We're back here with David, the man of God, Harris. And this is becoming a weekly thing. Talking Rocket football. But by the way, the Rocket women's basketball team, they tip off Monday with their educational game at 11 a.m. against Wright State. That'll be interesting to watch. Then also, make sure you uh, check out Rocket men's basketball. They, I think, go against, I think, Valparaiso later on. Let me, let me look that up just in case. But the Rocket football team, I believe play this Tuesday against Ball State. Is that right, David? Yep, that is correct. So this this will be it's getting down to crunch time here, and the Rockets still aren't out of the blue just yet. They needed that win against Buffalo, um, I think, to really say you know get your pack your bags packed to go up to Detroit for the MAC championship game. But they're still in the, the first place after beating Eastern Michigan. But even that game was something else, even though Mr. Gleason had a hell of a hell of a game, but Mr. Finn was out. Your perspective, what's your rocket recap, David? This team is going to give premature heart attacks, and thankfully UT Medical Center is a proud institution, James Blood for the alma mater. But that game was rough, especially Eastern Michigan dominated the first half, and it was like, oh, uh, we just we've we've been saying this for as long as we've known. The Rockets find different ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Whether with penalties, with turnovers, we'll get to Stewart in a second because I got a life lesson for him. Mm-hmm. But we we just find ways to to keep ourselves from really putting the foot on the necks of opponents. And you understand kind of getting into the half, you understand the intensity and importance, but it's also about discipline. And I think that's really one thing that not just this season, but again, for a while we've been been talking about. So right leading into the half, Jaquest Stewart stripped to the ball by Brandon Benson. It happens. You fumble. But what can't happen is drawing an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty by Stewart after that. You can't let the emotions get ahead of you. Towards the end of the game. Right. You know, trying to be aggressive at the in the fourth quarter. Offsetting personal foul that results in Jaquest Stewart getting ejected. We're not going to talk about the fake field goal punt. That's just yeah, trickeration. It's college football. You find it every once in a while. Like it's just those small discipline things that not just hurts Stewart, but also hurts like the Rockets' offense. Not just for this game, but for an important game against Ball State. 
Uh, yes, Tucker Gleason, ultimate game manager. Proud of him. But this this offense, like obviously it's night and day. Like you can see that with Finn and Gleason. But if Gleason can maintain and be that great game manager, no interceptions, getting different and multiple receivers involved, if you can be clutch on third and long, fourth and long, leading to that, you know, the long drive at the end of the game that led to the touchdown, where if you can get kind of those kinds of play, big chunk plays, I think that's going to get us over the top and get us closer to Detroit than the normal shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, do we really want it to go to the end of the game where our first lead of the game is with two minutes left to play? No. No one likes that. It's not good for the Howard by any point or by any stretch. So I think if the Rockets are going to beat Ball State, which is, again, another team, that gives us trouble. We have to be disciplined. We have to not shoot ourselves in the f- foot with penalties, false starts. There, there's too many false starts. I don't know why we keep seeing ridiculous false starts on third and short, but that's that's been the case for the last decade. Like I don't know how that keeps happening. Um. But yeah, we we did what we had to do. At the end of the day, you played to win the game. We got the win. We st- stand atop the division. And it's simple. If we win, if we win these next three, we're going to Detroit. For sure, it's it's an automatic we have we have to beat Ball State to maintain the tiebreaker advantage in the division. Yeah, that's true. Yes, you're right. So it's like and, like, we can, hate to say it, we can lose to BG and still be good. Really? Like, just because the gap that we would hold if we beat Ball State and have a divisional gap, mm-hmm. obviously we don't want to lose to BG because that's, that's worse than losing Ohio State. Like, we need to keep, beat, that's a rivalry. Um, we could even get away with possibly losing a Western if it means, like, we've already clinched everything and on our way to Detroit. So that's probably where we'll see a lot of the, you know, second teamers pressing our guys so that we're healthy for Detroit. But ball, I think this ball state game, just because of the way that we looked against Eastern Michigan is probably more important now than how, than how important Northern Illinois was when we went to the cab. Like, Going to Northern Illinois, like that was a statement game. That was a okay. Who are we as the Toledo Rockets football team? Now this one is all right. We know we're standing at the top of the division. All eyes, everyone say, boom! All we have to do is do what our job is: win, and we're in Detroit. We get to our goal. We get to the next championship game. We save Candle's job for at least a couple weeks. Can this team show up at home 
against Ball State. We know the lights are going to be on. Everyone's going to be intense. I, I believe it's Military Appreciation Night this Tuesday. Like, can the Rockets handle business at home? If they can, that's one foot in Detroit. Automatic. If you can't, we're going to be stressing because then we're going to have to hope and pray and the Rockets are just going to stress people out. So. Right. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. And really, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I actually take that back. If we lose... If we lose against Toledo, or excuse me, if we lose against Ball State, then we have to beat BG. Because then, if Ball State beats us, Ball State would then have to win against both Ohio and Miami, which are two relatively easier games, if we're just going to be honest. And if Ball State wins out, then they go to Detroit. So, I take that back. Actually, we if we beat... first. Actually, if we just beat Ball State, none of this matters. Beat Ball State Toledo. But if you falter, we can't lose the BG. But that's that we'll cross that bridge after Tuesday. But handle business at home in the class bowl against Ball State. Well, I I mean I guess that's the last well it's not the last um or division opponent, actually. I mean, you also have um, Western Michigan coming up. By the way, um, that's why I said it was it was kind of like you, you had you had to get that that win against Buffalo. And now, as I'm looking at the standings, Ohio, Bowling Green, and Buffalo are all at four and one. Toledo has a one game lead over Ball State at four and one. Now. If they do beat Ball State, they would be five and one, and Ball State would land a three and three, with two games left. So, for them to 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 be right, really quite honest with you, for the Rockets to clinch, they need to win at least two out of the next three games. Yeah, yeah, because what will happen now? They now they do have the tie if they beat Ball State. You said it's pretty much is over because then they would have wins against Ball State, Eastern Michigan, Central, and then they've already beaten Northern Illinois, who's won and they're out of the race basically. The last team would be Western Michigan. Now, let's say they don't beat Ball State, or let's let's say they do beat Ball State, they go five and one. Ball State goes three and three. They're two games behind. And let's say they lose the BG, and let's say they get upset by Western Michigan. Right now, Western Michigan is at two and three, three and six overall in the season. They their next two opponents are Northern Illinois at home, and then Central Michigan at Mount Pleasant. You know, those are two winnable games there that the Rockets, yeah. that, that, that Central Michigan could win, and and obviously before they play the Rockets, they could be four and three. Um, so you're right. They they need to really pretty much beat Ball State, but but if they lose to Ball State or I mean let's say they beat Ball State, but then lose to BG, 
and Western Michigan, and let's say Western Michigan wins their next two games and then beat Toledo, there's a tie between Toledo and Western Michigan. Western Michigan is the tiebreaker. So for Toledo to clinch, they need to win the next two out of now. If they would have already beaten uh, Buffalo, they're 5-0. and <laughs> They pretty much got a three-game lead. They could afford a loss. I mean, pretty much, if they, if they would have beaten Buffalo, already purchased your tickets to Detroit right now. Yeah. So they're not out of the they're not out of the woods yet. I think if Toledo now if Toledo would have beat it beats Ball State and they already had beaten Buffalo. Really, to be honest with you, if they beaten Buffalo and they beat Ball State is coming up Tuesday, the, the MAC championships already clinched. But but since they lost to Buffalo, they're gonna have to actually uh, win the next two out of three games to to guarantee that they go. And Bowling Green, like I said, they're four and one, five and four on the season. And it could be a possibility that they might get a rematch against Bowling Green or Buffalo. Yeah, looking at the looking at kind of the breakdowns and standings, kind of what it would take for each team to get to Detroit as of kind of earlier today. Kind of yeah. So basically, if we win, you know, win out, we're going to Detroit. Mm-hmm. If Ball State, you know. If Ball State beats us, um, then they would the need. You're still in then the they hunt. would need to win they against Ohio, to... Miami, or if we lose against BG well. for Eastern, they would need us to lose all three of their games, and then they would need Ball State to finish one and two with their lone win versus Toledo. Right. The, the basically what Toledo yeah. needs to do is take care of business against Ball State, take care of business against BG. And you're in. You beat your rival Bowling Green. You're automatically in. There's no questions asked. Yeah, now, yeah. Western, I think the stumbling block in this kind of situation is if we lose against BG, that opens a can of worms because cross division tiebreakers and all that right. other crap. But basically, we we're just saying, Jason Candle, don't lose. Right. Like like. You can shut all of this stuff up, all these speculations, all these previews, roads to Detroit, just went. Well, yeah, that, and, I, and I think that if if the Rockets do get to Detroit and they win, if I was Jason Candle, I would leave. You know, you got two MAC championships under your belt. Uh, you know, there's there's not much else to prove here, especially if you win the MAC championship. You'll be probably a highly toted coach for a Power Five job, possibly. I don't know if it's one of the bigger power fives, but it might be, you know, middle of the road, lower one. Now he might say, you know what, I can stay at Toledo. I'm not going to go to a dumpster fire school. But if the Rockets, if, if if I was Jason Candle, I see the writing on the wall. There's not much, like I said, the Gary Blackney effect. Leave while the, the, the frying pan is hot. Leave. Win the MAC championship. You end on a high note with the Toledo fans because you don't want to get back in a situation, and this happens every year, where, you know, next year you go and you you lose a couple meaningful games, and then you don't get to the MAC championship, and then the next year you get fired. And then who wants a, a a you know a group of five coach that just got fired? Really, nobody. Yeah, it's just you know not to get you know reckless speculation, but if Candle leaves, I don't think Finn stays, and so that's going to be a whole nother kind of who go, who leaves, and we know the transfer portal is just crazy. 
I mean, no, that's part Cowboy of the Cowboy Wild Wild West, right? It, uh, that's part of the game. So, but like, I, I'm sure Toledo, yeah. you know, they got Gleason who looked pretty decent. Now he's not a dynamic as Finn with his legs, but I mean, that's just part of the game of how it goes. And yeah, he's going to go with. He might go with Candle, but then again, though, is he going to be able to compete on the Power Five level consistently? as what he's doing. I mean, you know, you're already getting hurt with the Group of Five. We know that you can't be running as much against some of those bigger players, but. You know, that just we know that that's just part of the game. It just, it just is what it is. Yeah, so, like, my thinking is, kind of in asking that, it's if Kendall leaves, how bad is the rebuild? Because we know there's always kind of it's going to take a season or two, and will players want to stay through a season or two of well, rebuilding? Nah, well, who's who going to be that new voice? Who says and, it's going to be a rebuild? If, if, if you've been been basically getting a lot of talent here, I understand you got the transfer portal, but if, if year after year you're top one or two in talent recruiting in the MAC, who says it's going to be a rebuild year? There's people that actually want to come to this program and actually transfer here. Plus, depending on what coach they hire, that person might be bringing in talent themselves. So I don't think you really can just automatically say, oh, it's going to be a rebuild year because Candle's gone. Plus, I think with a lot of Rocket fans, what they want to know is, are we good? Or are we bad? I think being in the middle of the road and you know being subpar in the big games and then just crushing the little opponents gets very frustrating. You know, it's the hamster wheel. Every year you're like, oh, we're going to be a title contender, going to be a title contender, and then you end in the middle of the pack of the of the of the conference. It's like, well, did talent get wasted because of poor coaching, or were these guys as good as as advertised? So I think fans like it, whether either we're at the top of the league competing for championships and getting there, every year, you're not going to get there every year. Or are you at the bottom? It should be either, it, pretty much with a lot of fans, it's black and white, either or. If you're bad like Akron, Akron's bad. They've lost eight in a row. You know, the A in Akron stands for ass. You, you know, the people know they're ass. Askren. I mean, that's just what it is. But when you're Toledo... It's great to see you in first place, but the fans are getting frustrated where, okay, we're in first place, we're getting our hopes up, and then you just lay an egg in the most important game. People start to lose interest in the team. Yeah, like, and I can I, and I'm asking that just because, kind of looking at a prime example um, with our more recent rivals, Northern Illinois, mm-hmm. under Rod Carey, you know, took some time and then. Boom, they had this great, you know, leap kicking everyone's butt and that nationally ranked Rock Hair release for Temple. And now Tomix Hammock is here and it's, you know, five and seven, oh and six, kind of the shortened pandemic season. Well, but but kind David, of within before, last year. So it's like you never know with well, but David, before Rod Carey, who were the coaches then? And Northern Illinois had two or three coaches and they still kept the winning traditions. You know, that's when, when people started, MAC teams started putting in the long-term contracts of those big buyouts because Northern Illinois would get a coach, they'd win a couple years, and they were bailing for the, the Power 5 schools. So before Rod Carey, there was a couple coaches before him that were winning at the same time. Just recently, Northern Illinois has been bad. But before that, they were still, I think he started with Jerry Kill. Yeah. And, you know, Dave Doran kind right. of was there when we were. Right, exactly. There. And they still kept going on. Even now, I think after Dave Dorn left, didn't they get to the Orange Bowl? 
I believe. Yeah, let me. Yeah, yeah, then he go to he went to NC State, and everybody, oh god, he's going to NC State. Yeah, twenty twelve was the Orange Bowl year against Florida State. Right. And then Poinsettia, Booker Raton, Poinsettia, McLean. Right, right. Yeah, and they were still they were still a competitive team. So, and, and, and that was before the whole transfer portal thing too. So I don't, I don't think just because of Coach Lee that doesn't mean it's doom and gloom. And it's like, oh, okay, we got to rebuild. They suck. I don't think it yeah. works that way. No, I mean it's a fifty fifty. Well, you, it's know, a 50/50. You, just, you just never know, and that's kind of you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. I hope he, you know, whoever comes in continues the success, but kind of. Yeah, and by like the, our our down year was Tim Beckman. Like that that was our down suck. Now we're on the rise. Well, I, I I wouldn't really say that. Tim Beckman actually laid the foundation for Toledo football to be competitive the last fifteen years. Remember before he came, it was it was Big Tom, Tom Onstead. But the the program was in disarray. I mean, it was you know they were losing and they were having really off the field problem. Heck, I was an undergrad when I was when that was going on. I mean, Toledo football was pathetic. I mean, they were averaging about three or four wins at the total toward toward the end of Amstead's reign. Tim Beckman comes in his first season, gets five and seven, spreads the ball out. You know, Tom Amstead loved the power game. He was in the power eye. Beckman comes in, spreads it out. You got you know you know. Um, Eric Page comes in there. Barry Church on the defensive side. Um, Williams, the receiver. He, you know, I'm a Facebook friend with him. I mean, it, it really opened it up at that time. You had Danton, T.O. I mean, so he kind of got it going, and then Campbell kept going, and then eventually Candle eventually got him to a MAC championship. So, you know, you can't really say, well, Beckman was the down years. I, I would say the down years was Amstead. And granted, Probably, he was the well, last well, coach. The last well, coach. I mean, he was the last coach to win a Mac. before I got here. So. Right, he was the last coach to win a MAC championship in '04 before Candle did. But the program was a mess when he left. I mean, it was just you know he, he was just grabbing for straws, and you know you, you don't really win that much that way. So yeah, I, I would think you know even though Beckman left out with a whimper, um, you know I, I think almost when Beckman was here. Think about it; they almost beat um, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, technically we did, but the refs screwed us. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we got to the Little Caesars Bowl, military bowl, his final year before. Right. So I mean, you know, yeah. that's just how sometimes it works. Anything else? Nope. Just at the end of the day, Rockets, you guys know what you need to do. If Detroit's your goal, beat Ball State. It make things a lot easier. No, well, I think they they pretty much understand that. That was. The, the rocket recap there with David the Man of God Harris. We'll take a, another quick commercial break. What's next, David? The question that's on everyone's minds: Would you want to work for the Brooklyn Nets? That is a very good question. We'll take a quick commercial break. Listen to eighty-eight point three WGTs after further review. We'll make sure you listen to us on SoundCloud at WXUTs after further review with a picture of Frank Basher and the horse's head, where we post all the segments up, or you can just listen to us live normally. Between 11 and 1 o'clock here on 88.3 WXUT. Coming up next, would you want to be in that mess over in Brooklyn? We'll return after this.